Hello, 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 and welcome back to the third episode of the Wolf Unplugged Podcast. If you're on YouTube, as you can see, I am very, very, very excited for this episode. Got my glasses on. But before we get into it, I said that I will give this little spiel nine more times. So, I mean, ten more times. So, here's one. Uh, you can find us at The Wolf Unplugged on YouTube and Instagram. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at The Wolf Unplugged. Nine more to go. Got some feedback about my audio. And I, I'm bringing this up because I just did it. Um, my smacking. <laughs> I realize that I do have to get better at that. Get better at talking so that it's more enjoyable to listen to. I'm working on it. And I almost just did it again. But I'm working on it. So thank you for bearing with me. And keep the feedback coming because, you know, that's how I get better. That's how I talk better and make the podcast more enjoyable to listen to. Keep the feedback coming, but don't get crazy. All right. <laughs> I also realized that I have to get right into the episode. It's no point of, you know, dilly and dallying. But so we just got to get right into it. And so that's what we're going to do today. Side note, though, so I guess I'm not getting right into it. But side note, today's the 21st, 12, 21, 21. I just wanted to kind of point that out. And the episode's on time. Drop a clap. Boom. <laughs> the episode's on time. So I'm already, I'm already getting in the groove of this. I'm, I'm becoming a real podcaster. <laughs> um, so I'm excited. Yay. Just uh, an announcement. Um, but like I said, I want to get right into it. As you can see on YouTube... <laughs> I'm very excited for this episode. I got my glasses on. Um, and as you can tell by the title, it is about the Matrix. And so, the original Matrix was released in 1999. A little side note, I was three or four <laughs> during that time. So, I obviously didn't watch the movie when it first came out. I was not watching the Matrix at any point um I think I probably watched it sometime after high school and I just watched all three um like since the pandemic happens like I, I watched the first one but I didn't watch all the rest of them but now they're releasing another one so I'm up to I'm up to speed and I'm really really excited um the trailer looked <laughs> crazy so I can only imagine what they have in store <laughs> For this new movie coming up. Um, so yeah. 1999. Released in 1999. I don't really remember what was going on. In 1999. But I do know the year 2000. That was like such a big deal. It was the turn of the century. And also. There were just more technological advances. During that time. You know. You know, obviously TVs were out for a while, but just better TVs, HD, the internet, better cell phones, all that was happening during this time, during the early 2000s. It was just like a skyrocket of technology. 
so um that's another thing I guess to keep in mind when I watched this movie and also another little side note is uh, Keanu Reeves mm, 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 that man is fine in the past and in the present I don't I don't know why people on the internet are you know making stinky looking white men like Pete Davidson in style I don't know why y'all are you know doing that when we have <laughs> we have Keanu like we have him we have uh Leonardo why are you going why are we hyping Pete Davidson right now like y'all are serious but yeah past and present Keanu's fine so ring my line ring the wolf's line <laughs> um and so I rewatched the movie moving along I rewatched the movie um and I'm kind of analyzing the movie through the lens of hindsight just like how it plays in our real life what the matrix is to me and just going from there I really I really dove deep and took some notes so yeah let's get to it let's talk about the matrix the matrix is really a documentary in my opinion and so I feel like just like with the movie we're getting into the analysis <laughs> obviously there will be spoilers so if you haven't watched the movie go watch it because this I mean my podcast this episode will make sense but obviously if you've seen the matrix then it'll make more sense so obviously the matrix it starts with neo and he's pretty much searching for the truth that's what the matrix starts with and i feel like even in real life whenever you're breaking out of whatever matrix whatever illusion that you have it always starts with you searching for the truth just like just searching for the truth and so when I say that sometimes it's just getting to the origin or just trying to realize how everything is started so just from even when it comes to being self-aware oh well where did this behavior come from like why am I like this it starts with searching for that truth of how it started with religion and spirituality it starts with people who you know delve deeper it starts with wanting to know the truth and wanting to be closer to the creator um when it comes to hobbies it's like searching for at least for me for my hobbies, it was more so a search for happiness or a search for something more, something, something, something different, something deeper. And I feel like that's what a lot of things start from is just searching for the truth. And even when it comes to the matrix, whether that be the matrix that of our minds, the matrix of other people, the matrix of our perception or the matrixes the matrices of I forget matrix plural is matrices don't come for me because I know I know the plural but um, the matrices of even when it comes to matrices of race religion uh, gender sexuality those type of things um, a lot of it comes from searching for something deeper searching for meaning and searching for 
a bit of happiness to make you feel a little bit whole. And so that is what the movie starts with. It's Neo searching for that answer, that truth, that realization, I guess that awakening of truth, of meaning. And so I also think that a part of that is wanting to get something right. I feel like a lot of us in general, when it comes to all the things that I just named, whether it be little stuff like hobbies or big stuff like religion and race, like we are all, we want to be, at least for me, I can speak for myself. I want to be perfect. I want to be, if I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be the best Christian. If I'm going to paint I'm going to learn I'm going to delve deep and I'm going to be the best painter if I'm going to play tennis those are my hobbies you know I'm going to be the best <laughs> and so not that I'm not happy if I am not the best at tennis or not the best painter because I'm most certainly not but it's like the best for me I don't know if anybody else feels that way but I I got I want to be the best. That's just what I do. Like that's just how I am. That's just how I'm wired. And it's not necessarily from a place of insecurity or uh lack, but it's like motivation for me. Uh, it's being the best, just knowing that okay, last week when I was playing ten tennis, I only hit it back and forth two times. This week I did it five times. That's a goal. That's motivation for me. And so, even with, like I said, the little things like hobbies, but also the big things like race and religion, we want to get it right. We want to be politically correct. We want to be a good, happy, spiritual person. That's, I think, how people are. <laughs> At least people who are, like, who want to do that, who are striving for that. And so, um... One, I guess, spiel that, okay, let me backtrack, let me backtrack. <laughs> so, three main characters, we have Morpheus, we have Trinity, and we have Neo. And so, Morpheus, he's like the head honcho type of guy. And so... Uh, what is it? Oh my gosh, I'm forgetting his name already. I'm probably just going to have to call him Keanu. <laughs> or Nunu or something. Um, yeah, because I'm not going to remember his name. Uh, but, sorry, got backtracked. Anyways, so Morpheus is the head honcho. Neo is searching for this truth. And so he goes into this spiel about the Matrix. And so Sorry, let me get this up. I'm going to have to edit that. But, um, 
Okay, so it ends with, okay, this spiel that uh, Matri that Morpheus is talking about. He's searching for this truth. And so the question, the question that is burning deep in everybody's hearts and everybody's uh, minds is, you know the question. What's the question? You know the question. What's the question? Y'all know the question. What's the question? <laughs> what is the matrix? That's the question. And so Morpheus says the matrix is a system. The system is our enemy. But when you're inside, you look around and what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the very people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged and many of them are so inured, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect it. Mm -mm. If that ain't the truth, if that is not the truth, if that, if no one, if you're not seeing that now, now of all times about the system and about people fighting to protect it, even at their own demise, then I really, if you're not seeing the matrix now, then you're just not ever going to see it because right now it's like right in our face. It's like alarm bells, sirens are going off. Sirens going off. And so the question is, what is the matrix? It's really the probably the question that brought you here. It's probably the question that brought you to the movie. And it's probably the question, you know, that brought you to this podcast. What is the matrix? And so, like Morpheus says, the matrix is a system. And so, I think a lot of people... When I say like the alarm bells are going off, if you don't see the system, then you're just not going to see it type of thing. When I say that, I'm saying that, yeah, the people that are in the matrix, the people of the mind that you're trying to save or whatever, those, the lawyers, the carpenters, the businessmen, the businesswomen, the teachers, they're part of the matrix. And so what does that mean? Just like with the isms and the phobias and the you know all the different things that we have now the race you know the isms and the phobias I'm just gonna name those for short but if you just think about it the people you're around are your oppressors for example most of the time in the hood it's not really white people that are doing something that's so wrong, to, so wrong to black people. It's usually the people around you. It's usually any the other people of color that you go to school with, other black people. It it be the people who have stores and convenience marts and everything in those neighborhoods. It be the people that are already around you. Just like another example, racism. I know that was like an example with racism too, but okay, let me just say homophobia then. Usually, it's strangers on the street are not just, you know, knocking you down and punching you in the face. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. I'm not saying that 
uh, the LGBT community doesn't face violence. But I'm saying that most of the people who are putting you down and making you feel bad are your family. They are the oppressors. They are a part of the system. Their beliefs about the isms and the phobias is the oppression. That is the system because they are in the system. Their minds are in the system. Like Morpheus said, trying to free the minds of the same people that or whatever he said, you know, I don't have the quote right now, but they are the system. <laughs> and so when their minds are in the system, whether you are too, remember we're all in it. <laughs> um, when their minds are in the system related to whatever ism or phobia, they kind of project that out because it's a program, even though it's, at your demise or even most of the time at their demise um so yeah it's just like the people around you that are the system i have another example for with um <laughs> for example with racism i'll just give you an example um of corporate example so Say you work at a job and you're a person of color and everyone else is not or they're white or they're a white person of color. Yes, you white Latinos be white people of color. It's not a debate. <laughs> like, it's not a debate. Y'all be white, but check off whatever box. Um, so you're there in this workplace with these people and all day you're just getting these microaggressions about your hair, about your dress, about the way you speak, about your writing or whatever. It would be safe to say that the people oppressing you are the people that are all around you. It are it it can even be safe to say that Maybe that's the company culture to do that, to have mostly uh, white people and then have a few minorities that they pick on or that they microaggress towards, that they're racist. Like, let's call it a spade. It's called racism. Just because it's a microaggression doesn't mean it's less racist. It's still racist. Sorry. Um... But we can even say that that's their company culture. And so if it is their company culture, then all that means is they're just committed to acting out racism. That's all that is. It's not, oh, yeah, we have a diversity, equity and inclusion problem. It's not, oh, we didn't know. <laughs> like, no, it's you seeing over and over again, your co-workers act this way towards people. And you also say, you know, I'm going to act this way. I'm going to be a part of the system and I'm going to make the same comment or talk behind their back. That's just a little example, but that happens all around us. I guess that's mainly what I'm trying to get at is that the people that we're around are mostly our oppressors. <laughs> that's, that's the point. That's it. That's the point. <laughs> um, and so 
moving on just like in the movie i felt like you come to neo comes to a crossroads and that is do you want to take the red pill or do you want to take the blue pill do you want to see how deep the rabbit hole goes or do you want to go back live your life believe whatever you want to believe and so i think with everything we really come to a crossroads um and I just feel like, in general, everything has a crossroads. Like, in everything, you have to decide, like, am I going to do this or that? Am I going to have the cause or effect? Am I going to, like, what what indecision am I going to have to decide on this time type of thing? And so, just like in the movie, he comes to a crossroads. He comes to a crossroads. And I feel like a lot of the times we come to a crossroads. Um, just like with that same example of being in a racist environment at work. You're most likely going to come to a crossroads where you realize, you know, you've probably went to the job searching for the truth. Like, oh yeah, this job is going to be so nice. I'm going to make so much money. Yay, yay, yay. Then it comes the question, well, what the hell is this? Like, what is happening right now? That's the matrix. What is, what is happening right now? And then you come to that crossroads of, okay, now I'm aware. I see what this is. Am I going to stay and just learn to cope, get over it and just ignore them, whatever? Or am I going to leave and say F them and leave the job? come to a crossroads and so in the movie neo's crossroads is that he even says <laughs> he even says like the company's employees are part of the whole and obviously the whole is the company you can also say the system the company the employees are part of a whole and if an individual has a problem then the company has a problem and so I feel like with systems, because they operate on conformity, on the status quo, keeping the status quo, that's literally how it is. And so if you're the one to fight or to not conform, even if you are, you know, you're conforming a little bit, but you're just not <laughs> as straight and narrow as everyone else, it's, oh, well, if the individual has a problem, then the system has a problem. Everybody has a problem. And that's really how systems work. You're either going to conform, you're either going to do it my way, or you're going to hit the highway. <laughs> like, that's how it kind of goes. Even if you think about your own family as a system, because, you know, I'm an MFT, so family systems, you know. Even when you think of an individual from a family's perspective, it is, well, the individual is part of a whole. And so you fix the whole in order to fix the individual or help the individual. But when it comes to the matrix, it's more so, no, you fix, you fix the individual so that, so that, oh, sorry so that the system 
keeps functioning how it's supposed to function. Which is really backwards because if you think about it, even just me, because I didn't even think about it this way, but if you really do think about it, like I just said, if you want to fix the individual, you fix the system. And so the whole fix the individual, keep the system functioning narrative is stupid. <laughs> like, like we don't, we clearly don't need to be a part of this type of system then, right? If it's causing us distress, like for me as a black person, if racism is causing me distress, why would I stay in a system, whether that be a geographical location, a job, a friendship, an interpersonal relationship or whatever, where I'm facing racism? Why? <laughs> why would I stay there? Just like with, um, I guess, with misogyny, why would you stay with someone who doesn't like you, who is abusive, who never compliments you, who never has, like, what are you getting out of that type of thing? So, I guess that's just a little um, side note on the systems. But, like I said, everything comes to a crossroads. So, it's like, in Neos, it's be to work on time or get fired and sometimes for us we challenge the status quo of whatever not fitting in not conforming to whatever um whether that be a school um whether that be financially because i know sometimes um our older generation is so deep in the system that they literally want you to follow a plan that didn't even work for them 30 years ago. But you want me to follow that? That's how deep in the system you are is that you really think by me following the status quo of 50 years ago that you follow that didn't work, that didn't even help you. You know, the get married, go to school, go to school, get married, get a car, get a house, die, work, die. That whole thing. It didn't even work for you. So why am I going to sit and try to force that to work for me 30 years later in a whole different society? Hmm. <clears throat> so <laughs> that's just that is just an example as well. But when you challenge that status quo when you don't fit in, when you don't conform, it is a threat to the system because in order to be a part of the system, you do have to prove your commitment. And usually that commitment is a betrayal to yourself, to what you want to do, to your hopes and dreams. Like I said, even with relationships, why would you stay in a relationship that you're not getting any love? You're not getting anything nice out of it. You're not getting kind words. There's no balance. Why would you stay there? And to not challenge that status quo in order to conform and stay and stick it out and be a ride or die. Ooh. Um, you usually nine times out of ten you're usually betraying yourself you're usually going against whatever hope and dream you have you're usually saying you know what whatever I'm I'm not gonna go to school okay well I'm not gonna have fun I'm not gonna go out with my friends why 
you're just betraying yourself by not doing that. And so that works with anything. Even just staying at another job or a job where you're facing racism. Why would you stay in a job where you're facing racism if you can go get another job? Hmm. So a lot of the times being a part of the system, being a part of the matrix, it has to do with self-betrayal. And so even when it comes to your own self-autonomy, or your own freedom and so that's so that you can fit in to what other people are doing so that you can follow the structure and so that you can feel a part and feel that belonging at the end of the day <laughs> i think it comes down to having the confidence the confidence to say well if this is what you're wanting me to be a part of and this is how I'm going to feel when I am a part of it then maybe just maybe I don't really need to be here or I don't really need to be a part in this relationship a part of this family at this job and it just comes down to pretty much having the confidence to be like, okay, well, this is not working for me. I know myself. This is not working. Peace. Period. But moving on. <laughs> I felt, you know, we're kind of, I'm kind of just following the flow of the movie, but also giving my interpretations of it and my interpretations of The Matrix. So... I guess moving on he gets this call from Matrix this is still where we're probably not even 20 minutes into the movie um he gets this call from Morpheus and Morpheus is like okay these guys the agents they're coming for you you can either run now or they're gonna get you type of thing and so I feel like what that represents is you either have faith you either have that confidence to say peace out you either have that or you question it and so what neo does is he questions it he says well who are you who are they what, what do they want why are they here the who what where why how questions and so when it comes to your faith whether that's your faith in yourself in god in whatever you're doing in whatever project you have going on in your money whatever when it comes to faith when you start those who what when why how when and where all those questions i feel like those questions are really a form of self-doubt and so yeah, I feel like those questions are really a form of self-doubt. I feel like we never question, we only question ourselves when it comes to, like, our greatness. When it comes to, oh, like, imposter syndrome type thing. We question ourselves when we are in this new job that is doing amazing. We're having fun. We're meeting people. Maybe we're even doing the job well. We question that. But we don't question the, oh, I'm not good enough. I feel commonly it's that people don't question that portion of the doubt. And so I feel like those 
questions are really self-doubt. Even for me, when I was starting this podcast, um, all of my questions were pretty much around like, well, what is it going to be called? Or who's my audience? How am I going to do it? Or do I want to have another person? And like on one hand, yeah, I'm just ironing out the details, seeing what I want to do. But on the other hand, all those questions, it was me doubting myself and doubting what I wanted to do. And now that I've started, um, I kind of just feel like, well, <laughs> I kind of just feel like, well, if even if nobody listens, I'm still going to do it because I want to. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like, I'm going to do it regardless. And so, in the beginning, that was really me doubting myself. And even when I missed my my second episode, I was really doubting, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe I don't want to do it. Maybe I'm just like, nah, I'm good. Maybe I don't want to do it, really. But then, upon starting my actual podcast and, you know, doing it and just quieting those doubts a little bit more actually got some feedback from someone that said that my my podcast made them want to do more and get more into their hobbies and that was really my whole intention of doing this podcast is to just help people see that they can do whatever they want to do too like, that's why I'm really excited for this episode, because that's what the Matrix has us believing is that, you know, only some people, only people with a following can have a podcast. Only people who are popular online can have a podcast. When really, no, if you have a mic and you have a computer, you can start a podcast. And so I was really happy with that feedback. Um, and it just lets me know that I'm still meeting my intentions whether I'm meeting my intentions just by doing it and just by showing up as myself and doing what I want to do rather than thinking about doing it and doubting myself and never doing it in the first place then I'm just thinking about what I want to do thinking about my intention instead of actually setting it into motion I don't know if that's making sense but that's kind of my way of eliminating self-doubts, my, my rationale for eliminating those self-doubts. And so if so, I guess uh, to move a little bit off of that, if you can, you will. If you can, if you let yourself doubt yourself, then you will doubt yourself. If you let yourself believe in yourself, then you will. Don't get so in your head about the details or about little things or about, you know, the who, what, when, why, how, and where. Just focus on that intention and focus on what, what, I guess truth you want to put out or what you want to create or have for yourself. (sighs) 
All right. <laughs> I thought this podcast was going to be way, way shorter. Um, yeah. Okay. So again, if you can let your, if you can doubt yourself, you will doubt yourself. Also a little, another little side note is a lot of the times when it comes to self-doubt or when it comes to our already old habits that we have oop, focus sorry y'all on the okay um usually when it comes to our self-doubt and our habits we pretty much know uh well maybe i'm different because i'm super self-aware but i pretty much know the cycle if i let myself doubt myself or not do anything like for example when it comes to working out if I let if I know I do not want to work out past five o'clock if I start my workout at five or later it's not gonna be a good workout I know that and so if I go the whole day and I know that once it hits five I'm not gonna work out why would I let myself get to five o'clock if you can you will and so a lot of the times we know where our habits, what that cycle is. Even if you don't consciously know, you pretty mu- you even unconsciously know like, okay, this is just the, my cycle. You know, I'm overthinking. I'm anxious. I'm doubting myself type of thing. And so you really know where that role leads and you don't like it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, you don't like it, which is why you began to search for the truth and began to want to have that hobby, began to want to know what the matrix is, began to want to start whatever spiritual religious practice you have, began to want to start learning more about race and racism, history, all that type of stuff. So don't let the doubt stop you from what you already know you want to do or what you already know might or might not happen like if you already know like I said in my example if I know that it gets to five why am I gonna let it get to five o'clock if I know that I want to work out I wouldn't I would just get up and do it and so just like with me starting my podcast it's just doing it rather than thinking about doing it or doubting whether you will do it or what will happen if you do it does that make sense I'm hoping it is and so the iconic Morpheus speech that I actually already read comes down to the matrix being a prison for our mind we are trapped the only thing that we have 24 hours a day all well I guess not 24 because we have to sleep but even then (laughs) only thing we have 24 hours a day all day every day is ourselves that's it we come into the world with ourself and we leave this world with ourself and so if you're not happy with yourself or if your experience of life is hell yeah you're gonna you're you're trapped you're in a prison you're in a trap (laughs) trapping (laughs) but you're in the trap like you 
are in a prison for your mind if you're not even liking what you think about. <laughs> like you just sit around. I know like it might sound like I'm maybe making a joke, but it really the the matrix has us believing that there's so many things in the way and there's so many obstacles, there's so many barriers. But if you really, really, really just break it down just a little bit simpler, just a little bit simpler, maybe a little bit more, have a little bit more possibilities or whatever the case is, if you just break it down. It's really very, very simple. And so I'm not, I'm really not making a joke, but I'm just like saying that it's very simple to not have the illusion of so many barriers and roadblocks and speed bumps that if you don't like what you're dealing with in your mind, you can switch that. If you don't like how you feel in your life, whether you're low income, whether you're facing all the isms and phobias in the world, you can do something about it. If somebody is Mike, if somebody at work is just for example, this is just an example, okay? So if somebody at work is microaggressing towards you or making weird comments about your hair, making weird comments about yourself or about whatever, your culture. Are you going to let that fly? Are you going to really let that fly? Are you going to let them oppress you? Because that's really what it comes down to. Are you going to let it happen? If they say, well, I don't like your hair. Well, I don't like yours either. If they say, well, I want to oppress you. <laughs> say, fuck their oppression. You're not about to oppress me. I can't. I, no, I'm not going to be oppressed. And yeah, maybe it is a little bit different when there's when it's more systematic. But even when it is systematic, you can move through the system, not not letting the system system, not letting the system system on you. Even with my beauty episode. Don't let the beauty industry. That's a system, you know, beauty. Don't let the beauty industry push its standards and bully you into thinking that you have to be a part of this system, this conformity. You have to conform to this beauty standard in order to be beautiful, in order to feel beautiful. Because you really don't. You say, fuck that oppression. I don't agree. And I'm beautiful this way. <laughs> and there you go. That's all. You know, that's, I mean, it's not all, but it really is. That's all it takes. That's what I did. That's what I do. I do not think any, any popular person in the media now is attractive. There are very few. Like, I do not think a lot of these people are attractive. I don't think the baby hairs, the super laid baby hairs, the lace fronts. I don't think the chunky jewelry. I don't think it's cute. All of the trends that are out now, they're not cute. They look a mess. They look trash. <laughs> it's trash. Like, I don't, I'm not going to let whatever the media or whatever the, you know, the beauty industry or society tell me what I should think is beautiful. Why would I do that? Why would I let that happen for me? When I can decide for myself what I like, what I think is beautiful. And that is me. 
It's me. Like, why are you going to tell me? Like, for real, for real. This is how, maybe I'm a narcissist. Maybe I am. But I think that I am so fine that I think I look better than Beyonce. I'm not even, I'm not kidding. Like, like that's what, maybe I am a narcissist, but that's how much I love myself. I guess that's how much confidence I have is that Beyonce and let me just this year I just started feeling this this year she low-key she low-key whacked me <laughs> I hate to say it but she low-key whack I really hate to say it but that's just how I feel I'm not gonna just because she's the standard I guess her sweetie I get I, I'm thinking and the city girls um, are like the standards for black women now. I think them hoes look bad. <laughs> so, mm. yeah. Um, but that's what I mean when I say don't let the system system on you. Whether you love Beyonce and think she is the, you know, best in the world. You know, she's a great. She's talented. She's great. But are you going to let society tell you that you should feel less than in comparison to Beyonce I'm not <laughs> maybe y'all are but I'm not so <laughs> let's just get off that <laughs> let's move on <laughs> let's move on <laughs> let's just move on um but yeah okay so I guess the moving on is more so my interpretations of the matrix. This is not focusing. Um, mostly my interpretations of the matrix and kind of the matrix theory. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm just kind of calling it this, but I, one thing that I see a lot online, especially on TikTok, is that a lot of people think that we are living in a simulation. Like I've seen that people say that, what is it called? The firmament that there's like in the Simpsons movies where we had like, where they had like the dome over um, Springfield. I think that's what it's called. They had like the dome. They're saying we have that. People are saying that, you know, we really live, uh, the earth is flat and that the moon and the sun is just, uh, we're not, <laughs> we're not rotating it. We're moving, it's moving further away and closer. If you haven't heard of these theories, consider yourself lucky. Um, and if you believe in some of these, don't let anybody tell you what to believe in. <laughs> but a lot of people say that the Matrix is assimilation. And so, for me, I don't believe that there's a dome over us, of over the earth, and that we can never um, get there, ever. Um... Yeah, <laughs> I also don't, on the other hand, I also don't think they actually went to the moon. Yeah, um, but for me, I don't think that we are living in a simulation. I think just like in the movie, 
Um, I feel like, yeah, just like in the movie, not that we're, you know, our real bodies are hooked up underwater with, like, lines coming. That, I just can't get with that. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't get with that. Um, but I do believe that everything's real. <laughs> he was real. I feel like we're real. We are physical. Um, yeah, we're physical, but I also think that humans, I think this has been proven though. I think that humans are multi-dimensional. Obviously. And so, yes, physical physical reality yes it's real but his perception of reality wasn't and so that's what i believe we are that's why i believe um the matrix is is that our our perception is the matrix and i think that everyone is at different levels of i don't really want to call it awakening but more so different levels of like breaking out i guess of the matrix the different levels of um perceiving so yeah i think everything is real uh just like i guess i could even connect it to the beauty industry like i would just say obviously i think that Beyonce is beautiful. I will say that. Obviously that, you know, she's beautiful. But I think a lot of the things that us as consumers, we don't realize is how much time and effort goes into maintaining that. And so, yeah, she's beautiful. But from our perception, it's like, oh, she's flawless. She wakes up like that. She doesn't have to do anything. But in reality, she like... Obviously, I don't really know, but allegedly she, you know, has to get her hair done all the time. She has to make sure her weave is on point. She has to make sure her makeup is on point. Body is on point. Outfits is on point. She has to plan her outfits. She has to plan her content. She has to, you know, do all these meetings, be photographed by the paparazzi, you know, make sure every angle looks good at all times type of thing. So, like, yeah, her beauty is real, but our perception of it is not real. <laughs> I think we can all agree to that. Um, just in general, with the beauty, media, entertainment industry, what we see is not necessarily real. And so, I think that that is really what The Matrix is. It's per pretty much all about perception. And so, just like in the movie, when Matrix was exiting, oh, no, no, Matrix, sorry, just like in the movie when Neo was exiting the Matrix, it hurt. He had to get that uh, liquid injected in his arm, he turned silver, he had to, you know, get washed out of that little tub thing and then he had to recover for a month or two <laughs> like with regenerative medicine his hair fell fell out and everything 
And so getting out of the matrix, it clearly hurts. Realizing things about race, religion, uh, society, gender, history, economics, all these things. Realizing more of the truth, it does hurt. When I, you know, sorry to bring Beyonce into this because I really do love B. But when I started following Beyonce and I started seeing her outfits in a new light, I started seeing her in a new light, it really did hurt to, for me to think like, wow, I really looked up to her all my life. And, oh, I got to stop. Hold on. My bad, y'all. I'm going to have to edit that. But, like I was saying, um, when I realized, went to start following Beyonce, because I just started following her this year on Instagram, um, and started realizing that, you know, some of those outfits are a little whack, um, just in my standards. Um, some of the, uh, like, I can, I don't know. I can just almost read through the body language in some of those couples photos. And I'm just like, well, does Jay-Z even like you at this point? Um, no shade, no, no tea. I'm just asking. Um, and just like, just some of the pictures that she posted. She just, it was, they, they were not flattering to me. And so when I came to that realization, it really did hurt my feelings a little bit. Because I was like, wow, I really looked up to her. Well, obviously, like, she's talented. She was, like, Beyonce, to me, is, like, the beauty standard overall. <laughs> like, I don't know. Just to me, I think that Beyonce is probably one of the most attractive um, entertainers, celebrities in general. People. <laughs> like, but... Yeah, just that realization did hurt a lot of the realizations that I've came to, mostly in regards to like, um, like history, that type of stuff. It hurt to find that out. Um, because you just realize <laughs> the people around you are just a part of it. Like for me, when I started delving more into my black history and everything um and started learning more of the truth of our origin and everything i would tell people and like be like oh yeah go do this take look this is what i just learned read this book blah 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 and they would turn around and say oh yeah i already knew no you for one no you didn't because why you didn't tell me but two, it's like, well, if you did, why didn't you tell me? You're, you are, by not telling me, you are part of the system. Like, when your parents don't tell you certain things, maybe, about relationships, for example. And then you go out and, I don't know, get in an abusive relationship, for example. You not, as a mom, you not telling me about red flags and stuff to look out for you're setting me up for failure and making me contribute to the system of uh like assault domestic violence 
uh, intimate partner violence, you're contributing to that whole system, the whole, uh, the patriarchy. You're contributing to that by not saying, you know, look out for these red flags. So why would you not? And so for me, when I just realized some of these things out, it just made made me dislike people because they are <laughs> the people, even no matter how liberal or no matter how smart and educated somebody is, in all actuality, they're really the homophobes that people that are they're so against. They are the the racists and the misogynists and the ableists and the ageists that people are trying to fight against and that you know we want everybody to be politically correct but a lot of people are politically correct in a shady way like <laughs> like when people say I think I touched on this with unconventional attractive attractiveness but when people are saying that yeah maybe they're saying unconventionally attractive and they're being nice or whatever and they're not saying oh yeah you're ugly but at the end of the day, that's what you're saying when you're calling somebody, saying that somebody is not conventionally attractive. And when you call yourself not conventionally attractive, like, what does that even mean? So that's what I mean. A lot of people be so educated and so liberal and so politically correct, but it's really just being shady in a shady way. And so kind of um almost connecting it again to my beauty episode I feel like if we were all to just embrace and surround ourselves with people who are considered different or unconventionally attractive or just more so celebrate unique beauty unique features it would just in turn make others less insecure because if for me as a person if my friend group which it is pretty diverse but if my friend group was diverse people of all different shapes and sizes people of all different skin tones people who wear different styles different hairs different stuff who are different who are not just oh yeah biker shorts and nude because that's a trend, it would in turn make me as a person feel less insecure because I know that, you know, I'm not going to be talked about behind my back because, you know, I tanned for too long. I'm not going to, nobody is going to talk about me because my outfit was like full of color. (laughs) There's less insecurity and there's less fear there because you know that the people who you're around are also doing the same things. So there's less fear there. You're probably like, why are you talking so fast? Well, my camera's about to die and I'm trying to um, get all this out. Um, okay. Oh my gosh, I still have so much. Okay, this is probably not. Um. Okay, let me just try to see how much... I still have a lot to say. <laughs> this is like a super long episode. But, um, okay, just moving on, I guess. Uh, 
just piggybacking off of getting out of the matrix, freeing your mind. Um, I think also a lot of times that when you're in the process of learning new things, just like in the movie, it can really be as simple as just saying you want to learn it. I can give you, um, yeah, uh, yeah, here's my example. So for me, I did not know how to braid at the beginning of this pandemic. I didn't. I didn't know how to braid, what is it called, French braid. I didn't know how to do it on my scalp. And I didn't know how to add hair in. As you can see, if you're on YouTube, I have hair, <laughs> right? And so, uh, for me... I've wanted to always learn how to do these things. I've always wanted to learn to do my hair by myself. But it just got to a point where I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it and I'm going to practice and I'm going to get better at it. And that's exactly what I did. And so just like in the movie, I feel like a lot of the times it can be as easy as just downloading the information almost and just doing it and practicing and then you got it. But a lot of the times, like we've talked about that doubt of, well, who, what, when, why, how type of things, those questions, those doubts, they get in our way. And in addition to that, our perception of other people get in our way. We think that other people are so, well, I'm not speaking for everybody, but I'm just saying in general, as a collective, we think that, you know, people are smarter than us, faster than us, more deserving. Like I said already, a lot of people who probably want to start a podcast think, you know, only people with followings have a podcast. Only people who are popular online have a podcast. When really, it's just get a mic, get a computer, you have a podcast, like, make a, it's free, <laughs> like, you could, it's free to have a podcast, like, literally, if you have a phone, you can have a podcast, you don't even need a mic, it's free, so our perceptions is also a part of the matrix, so it almost comes down to don't think you are know you are know that like I know that I can learn how to braid <laughs> like it's it's very simple you can break it down to very simple terms I know that I can learn how to braid I, when it comes to even bigger things like for me I know that I can save money so my computer died or my visual my my camera died so I'm just gonna do the rest with no visual but for me I know that I can save money and so if there's anything that I want that's expensive I know that I can incrementally save so that I can get what I want when it comes to school I know that even if I do procrastinate, I know that I can write a five-page paper. Like, I know I can get that done, and I know I will get it done. And so, just don't think about it. Don't think. Just know that you are. 
Free your mind of doubt and free your mind of fear. Free your mind of that disbelief. You can do it. You can do whatever you want to do. Just say you want to do it almost. Like just say, you know what? I want to go back to school and go back to school. Whatever barrier, whatever obstacle is in your way, it's really not in your way. Just say move. Like move, obstacle. And there you go. That's what I do. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what I do. I just be like, you know, for me especially, I'll give like a little example. Because I graduated this year. And during this graduation, there were so many barriers. Like I haven't had as many barriers to getting classes, to getting grades, to completing all my requirements or whatever. There haven't been this many barriers since since I uh, started the program. <laughs> and so, just for some examples. So, uh, in the I had a summer term and I had the fall term. That was it. That's all I had left. Before I even knew anything... Or before I decided that I needed to graduate and got my requirements and everything. Tell me why. The only cl couple classes that I needed left were prerequisites for each other. So that, was e that means I either have to take another semester. So that would mean I would end in spring. Or... I had to do what I did. <laughs> so <laughs> I said, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not spending another semester. I'm not taking no extra class. I'm not doing, I'm not, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not taking no more loans. This is it. And so I ended up filing an appeal and I was approved. Didn't even know you could file an appeal. I don't think most people did, but I filed that appeal. It was approved. After that, another obstacle. Summer semester. Oh, teacher said that I didn't do all the requirements. Got to get it in progress. Okay. In progress. Whatever. In order to clear up the in progress, this mother mother going to not email me back about my grade. So that was already like a two-week battle of trying to get my grade changed. And so I say all that to say is that just you can face that obstacle. Whatever obstacle you think it is, whatever barrier you think that is, it's always going to be a solution. Whether that's just saying, like I said, move obstacle or doing what you have to do to make sure that obstacle isn't in the way. Like filing an appeal. And that's just it. Moving on, we're I'm pretty much almost done. But moving on, the last little bit of the movie is about Cypher, one of the people who broke out the Matrix, kind of giving up, um, giving up on or betraying, uh, the main characters in order to get back into the matrix he didn't want it he wanted to be in the matrix and so for me cypher he really doesn't represent betrayal yeah he did betray them but 
at the end of the day, he really wasn't even successful. So his betrayal <laughs> wasn't even like a good betrayal. Um, but he doesn't represent betrayal to me. He actually represents more so jealousy for me because he was jealous throughout the whole movie. And so he pretty much represents the people that don't want you to succeed. Like I said, um, a couple, I don't, I don't know when I said it, but even during this episode, I said that sometimes even your parents, people of the older generation will want you to follow the steps, that structure of, you know, go to school, get married, have kids, get a job, get a house, blah, 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 blah that whole thing. Something that didn't even work for them 30 years ago. They will want you to follow that. And so I think that that's like I, like system systeming. Cypher ciphering. All of that is just people who whether they realize it or not, they don't want you to succeed. And so sometimes that's because they didn't succeed. Maybe they feel threatened. I know a lot of times with mother daughters, it's like, um, well, like they didn't do it or they had to go through it. So you do too, almost type of thing, like almost a rivalry. I don't have that. I'm just saying, um, a lot of the times though, that really is how it is. Like sometimes it's very common to get to a certain point in life and your mother-daughter relationship is strained because what I think happens is a lot of the times they don't want you to see. They don't want you to succeed. Unconsciousness even. They don't, they want you to do what they did. So it's like, almost like, duh. <laughs> Duh, you're going to be mad. Duh, that they're going to project. Duh, they're going to have those doubts and project those doubts onto you. Duh, they're going to try to decrease your faith in yourself, in your God, in whatever. Duh, they're going to try to sway that decision to not follow that path or not do certain things. Duh. Like, like I said, like I had to go through it, so you have to, too. For example, just my own little example, one of my biggest regrets, I guess it's not that big regret, but one of my regrets that I have is getting a car straight out of college. I wish that I would have either chose a cheaper car or not have gotten a car. And the only reason I say that is because obviously right now I'm financially stable but straight out of college you are not like I don't care what anybody says most college graduates are not stable and so for me I would have liked to have um I would have liked to have the freedom to not have a car payment to maybe not work because I was going to school and working after I graduated, but that's another story. But I would have liked that decision to just not have to worry about making a car payment <laughs> right out of college. Um, but I personally feel like, well, my mom got a car, so she wanted me to have a car, rightfully so. And obviously, at some point, I, 
obviously I was going to need a car, but I didn't need a car straight out of college. Like I already had a car. I didn't need another one and to sign up for another payment type of thing. And so I'm not saying that that decision or that was rooted in jealousy, but I'm just saying like, even when it comes to things like that, which buying a car is a pretty big decision. Other people will try to give their two cents when that may not have been the best. Like, obviously, that wasn't the best. For me, that wasn't the best choice. I don't want to, I did not want to have to pay six to seven hundred dollars car note and insurance plus gas and maintenance six seven hundred dollars a month on a car when I could just save that money <laughs> like it doesn't make sense it really doesn't make sense we, or uber <laughs> like it doesn't make sense bus like it doesn't make sense so yeah that's that's kind of why I wanted to say that sometimes Decisions are not even beneficial to you. They're not beneficial to like your parents, for example. It's just not a beneficial decision. But it's still people will try to have you do that too. Follow that, that structure. And so with all of this kind of in mind... When things, just like the Matrix, just like in this these this mass illusion that we're living with now, we have to unite as people against methods of division, of fear, and of lack, and etc. We have to unite as people against things that are not beneficial. Overall, like you look at the bigger picture, picture. this is not beneficial. Just like with Black Lives Matter, luckily as black people, we say, you know, I'm going to stand up against oppression because I can. Just like with my job example, you can make that decision to say, you know, I'm not going to let you oppress me. Like, I'm just not going to let that happen. You can say that. You cannot be around people who are trying to oppress you. And you can also put them in their place if they are. And so, you can stand up. And I think the point of the matrix, the point of oppressing people is to separate you from the truth that you already know and feel. You already know, like, with, for example, with the Matrix, you already know that there is something deeper to life. You already know that there is a deeper meaning that you're searching for. I'm pretty sure. I mean, unless you're just one of those people who literally don't think I'm pretty sure most people are searching for happiness or searching for the way, searching for the the light almost. Like most people are in search of something. You know what that is for you. Nobody can tell you what, you know, nobody can tell you. And so 
don't let systems separate you from your truth, from yourself, from how what you know, and from what you feel. Because that is your guidance system. And so once you break out of one level of the matrix, like for me, with beauty, I broke out. <laughs> I'm completely free <laughs> of like society's beauty standards. But then I have my own personal standards for myself that I have to conquer and so just like with everything once you break out of one level there's a new level there's new new levels and new devils new levels new illusions it's kind of just like a recycling of you know awakening awaking yeah waking up waking up and out of an illusion the happiness that comes with breaking out of that illusion the realization of new barriers or new illusions and finally again full circle back to the waking up and out of that illusion and so start to believe in yourself that's like the first step is believing that you can conquer what tries to divide <laughs> that fear that lack the anxiety shame and guilt believe that you can get over it believe that you can conquer it and don't let because i know a lot of things that are going on right now online with mental health and everything it's kind of like just telling you over and over and over again how you have a problem how your mental health is suffering how you're depressed oh you have COVID depression you have seasonal depression oh my gosh it's so self-deprecating don't let that don't speak that over your life don't let that take root in any part of your life because you don't need you don't need extra narratives telling you what you are. You don't need that. You can tell yourself what you are. If you genuinely, genuinely feel depressed, okay, fine, you're depressed. But don't, just because you read mental health blogs or mental health posts or whatever on Instagram all day about the ego, about all these different things, don't let that tell you that you're depressed or that you need something you need to search for a new truth because you don't and so that's the first step is just believing that you can believing that you can and so a lot of that belief is connected to your self-esteem the belief about your abilities is your self-esteem and most of the time, it just comes down to having that confidence, having that self-esteem, and having that belief in yourself. Do what you can to get there. Little by little, start to just become aware of what's holding you back, of the beliefs that you do have that are holding you back. Just become aware of that type of stuff. And then lastly... um Lastly, I feel like the Matrix had the this underlying premise that, you know, the machines are taking over. They were like, oh, 
AI. <laughs> that was in 1999. And so now here we are in 2021 with AI and the machines and the machines are taking over. And so I don't want to say this is what um, this episode was really going to be about, but Overall, I have some complaints and I have some problems with the way that society is moving right now. For one, NFTs. I keep seeing NFTs all over the place. For one, I feel like NFTs are only going to be a thing if people make uh, online, <laughs> like Fortnite, for example. If they make Fortnite skins or whatever. If grown adults put uh, value into having an online token. And so I know my visuals are off right now, but I'm making a face. <laughs> I am making a face. That sounds insane for a you know, token or a skin to be of importance, to signal like, oh my gosh, I have a collectible, you don't type of thing. Like, why would we even move as a society in that direction to the metaverse? Yeah, I know people are really, really wanting to go and join the metaverse, but at the end of the day, that is not virtual reality. That is just <laughs> online unreality. And so we're already in a phase in society where people live on social media, where their social media presence is really all that matters. They don't care if they're contributing members to society. They don't care if they actually talk to people in person and meet people in person. Like people are not caring about that. And like I said in my very first episode, these silent weapons for quiet wars are literally eating y'all up. <laughs> They're literally eating y'all up. Nobody is questioning like, whoa, I see the number one person that I see doing it is Gary V. He's like this super popular, I guess, motivational speaker, but he always is talking about these NFTs, NFTs, NFTs. And while, yeah, they can make people rich and all this other things, you have to realize that there has to be a lot of shifts that happen that make both mentally <laughs> and societally that will make the NFTs and the metaverse and all these things happen and valuable and contributing to society and actually shift us from physical to online, which is already just weird. Um, and so overall, I think that the matrix was almost like a warning in 1999 that, you know, the machines are coming that now is the rise of a the now is the rise of AI and the fall of humankind and so even like I said the alarm bells for me are coming off going off especially at this time if you can't see the matrix now then you'll never see it it's because there's so much lack there's so much division there's so much fear that's happening 
around um, disease right now that people are attacking each other people like I said are um, becoming more depressed people it's like scary times pretty much that we're living in and instead of being like I'm going to be the embodiment of just being okay. I'm going, you know, right now, like for me, for example, nothing really changed in my life since the um, pandemic happened. But I know mentally, or I guess emotionally, I would say, there have been days where I've been on edge or anxious and I don't even prescribe to the fear mongering I don't even you know even when I drive I've really tried to work on my road rage over the past like since I started driving and even since the pandemic happened like my road rage is getting worse and worse and so I think that if we as people can just be the embodiment of of the peace that we want in the world then everything Everything will be okay. And there will be more happiness in the world overall. More peace, more joy, more bliss, more flow. And overall, just more happiness and love in the world. And, you know, right now, like I said, I think that The Matrix, the first one was a warning in 1999 that the machines are coming. That AI is coming. And that's literally where we are. I think that if people go deeper into this metaverse, they I'm I'm gonna insert a picture of like what we will look like <laughs> if this metaverse pops off, right? And so, um that I think if the metaverse actually happens, we're finished. We're done as humans. Like we can just hang it up flat screen because we're, we'll literally be <laughs> like interacting with people through a screen attached to our eyes. Like that doesn't even make sense. Like that doesn't even sound right. So yeah, that is my Matrix episode. Talking about the movie, talking about the matrices of life. Talking about, you know, connecting it to other episodes and connecting it to our real life. And my thoughts on the rise of AI and the metaverse. Oh, oh, also, you know, CGI is also coming up, which I'm now seeing like real people with CGI, which is even weirder. But that's coming up. The deep fakes is coming up. Um, yeah, all that scary times, scary stuff, but I hope at least somebody got a little bit something out of this. I know it's probably a longer episode than usual, but you know, I had a lot to say, <laughs> so you know, you can again, you can find us on Instagram. Apple and Spotify at the Wolf Unplugged Podcast and our next episode is dropping on first episode of the year. First episode of 2022 will be dropping 
on January 8th. So stay tuned and I will see y'all on the 8th.